This, 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 this is mythical. Live Nation presents Concert Week. From now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 summer shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists. Dude, I'm going to 21 Savage with my nephew, Keon, and we are so hyped to see him. You have no idea. Uh, while you're doing that, Nicole, I'm going to be storming through the party like my name is El Nino because I'm going to be seeing some 41 <laughs> Skate Punk is back, and it's not pop punk. It is skate punk, but also they have so many more artists to choose from. You got Alanis Morissette, Cage the El. Elephant Nicole, you're not ready for this one. <gasps> Who is it? The Kids Bob Kids, baby. No way. <laughs> Grab your tickets now through May 14th to see all of the artists you love all summer long for just $25 each. That's right. Visit LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. That's LiveNation.com slash concertweek to buy now. Hey Nicole, if there's something strange in your neighborhood. Who are you gonna call? Ghost Kitchens! This is a oh hot dog and sandwich. That's the podcast. Ketchup is a smoothie. Yeah, I put ice in my cereal, so what? That makes no sense. A hot dog is a sandwich. A hot dog is a sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> Sick! That was rad, dude. I love this. We're so good at this. Hey, welcome to our podcast, A Hot Dog is a Sandwich. I'm your host, Josh Sher. And I'm your host, Nicole Anaiti. And neither of us have seen Ghostbusters, no, but I've but been I- meaning to since like 1987. I have a confession to make. What's that? I'm afraid of no ghosts. Sorry. <laughs> Did you just learn that was part of the song like 30 seconds ago? No, I knew that from before. You knew the song, but you've never seen the movie. Yeah, it's iconic. That's incredible. Um, Today, Nicole, we are talking about the problem with ghost kitchens. <laughs> We're talking about how they are scamming America out of their hard-earned money. They really are. Right, okay, well, let's diagnose what the actual scam is. Let's okay. talk about, so ghost kitchens, right? Okay. Are They tend to be established restaurant brands or established restaurants. Mm-hmm. At least in the past, they tended to be. Mm-hmm, the past, That would yeah. then effectively work out of a larger commissary kitchen. Yes. Right? Yes. And so a larger commissary kitchen could share several restaurant spaces. These are virtual only concepts. So mm-hmm. restaurants that only exist on mostly delivery apps now, right? Yeah. Postmates, Grubhub, Deliveroo. Why did I go right to Deliveroo? I've never heard of Deliveroo. I've heard of Caviar. I think Deliveroo is like a an England thing. I don't know. But anyways. Interesting. So they're operating out of like these larger kitchens and they may share, you know, 10, 12 spaces in one kitchen um, and they sort of slap a label on it that says like chicken Sammy's. Yeah. And then they send it out to people. Um, But it's a very opaque process and it's something that especially exploded during the pandemic. Oh, you're correct. Sorry, I was Oh, yeah. Tea. No, drink your tea, Nicole. Drink your tea. Sip that tea. Because we're getting into Ugh. the tea of ghost kitchens right now. Yeah. Uh, I know there was this crazy video that Eddie Burback made about the like, Eddie Burback video. Yeah, and it was it was iconic. He's like he's like a like a PI kind of Eddie Burback's like a modern day Hunter S. Thompson out there, except he's going to all the Margaritavilles and uh Rainforest Cafes. Yeah. And then exposing the ghost kitchen scam. Because yeah. he found out something incredible. He went to one of these ghost commissary kitchens and found 44 different concepts operating out of the same kitchen space. That's nuts. Was that the fish sandwich one? Or was that, that was like another part of it? Tell them oh about the fish God. sandwich part. Yeah. So Eddie goes and he like calls, uh, not calls, he like orders a bunch of sandwiches from these different spots. And then they end up being the exact same sandwich down to the onions, down to the sauce. It's just the same exact thing. And so there's actually no... There's no thought that goes into the ghost kitchen. Well, no, there's it's an just, incredible amount of thought that really? goes into it, right? So, okay. I feel like it's just, it's just, it's just like, it's like trickling down and there's no thought and there's, and there's no creativity and it's just pumping stuff out for people to consume. It's like goo. 
No, it is. It's, <laughs> it like, is like, it's a, like eating goo. It feels very dystopian in a way, right? That's so, where I'm. It's like Soylent Green. It's like Soylent Green. Yeah. Um, but but now our Soylent Green is like um, some influencer has a. You know, this is Jimmy's special fish sandwich. It's Who's got Jimmy? mayonnaise on it. Mr. Beast, right? Mr. Beast, <laughs> one of the things Jimmy Donaldson. But yeah, Jimmy's great. Mr. Beast Burger is, to me, the biggest thing that yeah. really kicked off the ghost kitchen, mm-hmm. I don't know, scandal kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and right now, he is actually being countersued by Virtual Dining Concepts. Mr. Beast sued Virtual Dining Concepts yeah. because they exploded from zero Mr. Beast Burger locations to 1,700 Beast Burger locations in, in a matter of like two years. In the U.S.? In the United States. Holy crap. Which is absolutely crazy. Like that when you were crazy. looking at the explosion of restaurants, like I remember Chipotle was one of the fastest in history. Oh, sure. You know, yeah. and, and that was 1,700 locations in a matter of like 20 years. Yeah. You know, you look at uh, Blaze Pizza is another one, similar numbers. But now the fact that we're being forced to rest. We're being forced to reckon with the question of like, what is a restaurant? Yeah, right? that's that's very. A true. restaurant used to be a building. It used to be a building that you would go into that had a kitchen, <laughs> and there were governing bodies that regulated it. And you would go, you would sit yeah. down, and people would serve you food, and you would pay for it. There, yes, right. And then the fact that we're talking about the ghost kitchens feeling very dystopian. So much of my worldview is sort of dominated by the fact that every era and every generation mm-hmm. has gone through cultural panics and freakouts about so many things, right? Yeah, but I wouldn't say this is a panic or a freakout. I'd say I'd say it's a... Even just a cultural criticism. It's, of, a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a critique. We're, we're critiquing it's a critique. it. Yeah, yeah. And things are definitely changing, right? Um, for the first time ever in 2015, the amount of money that Americans spent on dining out surpassed the amount of money they spent on groceries. Which is just insane to Which me. was, it, but it was a very slim margin, right? Yeah. But then now, only in the last eight years, we've seen like a 20% increase in that margin. Wow. So Americans spend like $92 billion dining out every year compared to $73 billion on groceries, <gasps> which is crazy. And a lot, and a big part of it is the convenience level, right? Yeah, we're all about, we're in the age of convenience right now. We're in the age of convenience right yeah. now, but we kind of have been sliding down there for a while. Mm-hmm. So one of my favorite works of fiction, we're talking about dystopian cyberpunk fiction. That's Get okay. on board. I'm, I'm excited to learn. Tell uh, me about it. Snow Crash by Neil Stevenson. You've it, talked about this before. It's one of my favorite you love books of all book. time. I love this book, but yeah. they sort of go through that cultural critique of Americans loving convenience, but through the lens of delivery pizza restaurants. So in okay. this book, not to spoil it, but like the mafia effectively runs all of America and they run it because they found the most efficient systems at getting anything done were delivery pizza restaurants. Interesting. So the mafia okay. bought all of them. So literally you need like anything done, a pizza delivery driver is going to be the fastest, most efficient. Oh, and that's wow. a reference to Domino's 30 minutes or less. Okay. Which a lot of people at the time were like, that's That too- was nuts. I was remember nuts. when that happened. It was crazy. But there's also this idea of like, that's too fast for food. You shouldn't be able to get food that fast. Getting food shouldn't be that easy. Americans are it lazy. They're not even willing easy. to go into a restaurant to get food. And now we're like literally too lazy to even Google what the restaurant that we're eating at is. That's so true. Right? Yeah, we're just going on an app and just and just, just looking clicking. up whatever comes up. Have you ever eaten at a ghost kitchen that you're aware of? Um, I'm sure I have. And uh-huh. I and I think the times that it's probably happened. So anytime I'm on an app and I see something that looks sketchy, you can kind of tell if you're getting you're effectively getting catfished. That's what this is. Yeah. You're on ghost Tinder. Kitchens are you're on Tinder, you're people. swiping and like the pictures are weirdly pixelated, and you're like, I feel like you screen grabbed this off of Google Images. 
You know what I mean? And like the description of the person uh-huh. doesn't quite add up. You're like, that's a catfish. Like stay away from that yeah. person. You can tell this on delivery apps now. Yeah. I mean, I mean, to the untrained eye, I think it's a little bit difficult though. I agree with Especially that. Especially because me and you have worked in like food media. 100%, so 100%. we can tell whenever a photo is like not from a restaurant <laughs> you can almost. Tell though, yeah. And like I actually used to work with someone who took pictures for Grubhub and Uber oh Eats God. and stuff. And she told me that a lot of these concepts, this was when it was just like bubbling under the surface. Yeah. She's like, I had to take, I had to take one photo and this one photo, I would do it from 14 different angles and uh, go to a bunch of different places. That's all the whole thing. And I didn't realize until right now that she was working for ghost kitchens. Oh my God. I yeah. Know, how crazy. That's incredible. I had a, I had a run in with a ghost kitchen once and I, <laughs> a run in. So, a little paranormal run in with a g- 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 ghost <laughs> kitchen. So one thing you should know about me is that I don't have food delivered to my house ever. Wait, ever, ever? Oh, because I'm, kosher? Or? No, 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 no. It's know. just I don't like the idea of having food delivered to me. Mm. I like the idea of takeout. Like mm. going there physically, mm. look, opening the food, making sure it's everything that I want and whatever, and then I take it to my place. Am I a little bit neurotic and crazy because I do that? Yeah. Yeah, did okay, you cool. not think you were neurotic and crazy? <laughs> not until right now. Oh, yeah, no, every, we all know that, right? What? Yeah, yeah, no, that's kind of like part of your personal Oh, brand. my God, shut up. That's a huge part for both of us. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, just general neuroticism, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah, that's like very on brand for you to not do that. No way, okay. (laughs) So like (laughs) I go to this place and and I see it's like, behind an existing restaurant is just Whoa. a it's like it's like do you know what an ADU is? No. Like when someone builds a house and then they have an ADU it's like it's like a, yeah, it's, like yeah. a it's like a garage that they've converted a house behind the house a house behind uh-huh. it's a garage that they've converted into a habitable space yeah yeah so someone took a restaurant on 3rd street behind it built a kitchen inside this little tiny like domicile oh my god I go in and then I see that it's like uh, 117 and a half because you know how it's like, it's, it's yeah, a half yeah, 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 yeah. It's so like go, platform nine and three quarters exactly. in the Harry Potter. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I go back, it's dark, it's like, it's like, <laughs> it's dark and it's scary. There's no lights. And then I see this bright light of this, of this restaurant, of this one guy operating. And I'm like, do you have my bulgogi bowl ready? Oh my and God. And he's like, he's like, give me one minute. And then literally these tickets just go, Vroom. Like cra- I literally felt like I was at platform nine and three quarters. It was like it was like s- crazy, and it just goes. And then he goes and he makes our food. And then I'm like, "Hey, is this a ghost kitchen?" He's like, "It is." And I'm like, "How many Whoa. restaurants do you have back there?" And he's like, "Honestly, we have like twelve menus." Whoa. So out of this one space, he is responsible for twelve menus. And they're all in these little like compartments of this little space. Yeah. Where they t- and also those menus online are so tiny. Like you have like sure. maybe like four to eight options. That like literally this comes down to like a philosophical question of what is a restaurant? What it's is a thing? Nuts. Look at the Cheesecake Factory, right? Oh, what about it? Cheesecake Factory I menu, hundred hundreds of <laughs> items. How many different restaurants, if you just circle different parts of their menu, right? They have a menu for salads. That's a sure. whole salad chain. That's a salad restaurant. You, you circle no, you're so right. the salad part of a cheesecake factory and suddenly you put that on Uber Eats as just salads or like, I don't know. Does Cheesecake Factory do that? I don't know if Cheesecake Factory does, but a lot of restaurants do. Okay, and like so which one? That's why this is like a very philosophical question. Like, is Uber Eats one giant restaurant, you know, that you're ordering I don't want from? It to be. Right? 
I nobody wants it to be. I hate it. I was so confused <laughs> when you said, "Have you ever had a run in with a ghost kitchen?" Because I, they did not expect a person to show. No, up. no, no, they did it. They nobody did gets it. takeout from a ghost kitchen. <laughs> that is ridiculous. Unique. I've never heard. Because <laughs> I'm thinking about the times I've definitely been, you know, kind of scammed by a ghost sure. kitchen, which is to say, I got like a mediocre pizza, but it's because I probably ordered it at 3 a.m. It was the only thing sure. open, and I was like, "This is a stock photo of a pizza. It's going to be bad." <laughs> And then it was indeed bad. Yeah. But this whole idea of there are these incredibly small menus on uh, like Grubhub and yeah. all that. That'll be like just cheesesteaks. And it's like three cheesesteaks, you know, and people order from it. Nuts. Um, and a lot of that is coming from like these very strange brand deals that are being very signed. strange. Yeah. So this is another part of virtual dining concepts, which is the um, company that is being sued by Mr. Beast. Mm -hmm. So the reason they're getting sued is Mr. Beast um, said that they are not holding up their end of the contract in terms of retaining quality, right? Sure, there's no QC. Why Why does there have to be QC? There's no QC because not, yeah. uh, not all of these are giant commissary ghost kitchens run by big corporations, sure. right? A lot of them are mom and pop restaurants that have sort of signed up signed for this. Signed a deal and they're like, whatever, yeah. we'll make your burgers for X amount of dollars. And, and yeah, the yeah, menu yeah. has to be so basic. I mean, the, the Beast Burger menu, it's like... Beast Burger, which is a hamburger. <laughs> and then there's Carl style, which is like, ooh, this has, you know, onions uh, on onion. it. Yeah, it's like a it's like a patty melt, you know? Sure. So they're very, very basic menus that almost any restaurant can just sort of execute. Um, but now off the back of the popularity of uh -huh. the Mr. Beast deal, because that has, I'm sure, made so, so, so much money. Yeah. And to his credit, um, there's a whole argument on whether or not Mr. Beast is like altruistic or exploitative. You know, he's healing <sighs> the blind, but he's making millions of dollars off of it. He wanted to support family-owned restaurants during COVID. That's why he started this, but he's also profiting a ton from it. Mm. And then anytime somebody orders a Mr. Beast burger, they're not ordering from that mom-and-pop restaurant. So it's just continually diluting, you know, people's demand for mom-and-pop restaurants. I don't think life is that simple. I no think, way. Right? Like there's, it's somewhere in between altruism and exploitation. That's where everything lies in that gray area. But there are these other brand deals that are being signed, mm -hmm. um, things that I didn't know about. Nicole, I would like to read from you. Oh, my gosh. <clears throat> I would like to read. I like being read, too. <laughs> this is the Real House Bowls. This oh, my is, God. Is it Real Housewives? It is the Real Housewives. <laughs> Which one? Uh, Bravo. All of them, Nicole. All of them. So this I is not launched yet. I can get a Nini yet. Bowl. Can I get a Nini Bowl? It has not launched yet, but it is through Virtual Dining Concepts. Nini uh, Leaks. Virtual Dining it. Concepts and Bravo have teamed up to create the Real House Bowls, a virtual restaurant that delivers curated <laughs> meals for hungry fans to enjoy while catching up with all their favorite Real Housewives franchises on Bravo. Super fans and foodies will adore the chef-created menu. Who else is creating menus other than chefs? That is a perfect balance of light and decadent. Much like the Real Housewives cast, the menu features a wide range of offerings, ensuring yada yada. So it's literally meant to like, you're I'm watching Real Housewives, <laughs> and they're going to start just like coordinating the marketing efforts of if you are watching Real Housewives or searching for any of it, you are going to just get shoved ads for Real House Bowls, and there is going to be nothing different about it other than an actual bowl and you the consumer if we are talking about ghost kitchens being a scam you have the power to not be scammed you should have the wherewithal to say this is just a normal bowl with a 20 percent markup to continue feeding the bravo real housewives machine you are the one being scammed and only you have the power to not be we must remain guarded against these marketing forces that we are so incredibly susceptible to nicole unless Mythical Kitchen launches a ghost kitchen. I was going to say. In which case, 
buy our products. Let me tell you, that, that was the scariest rant you've ever gone on. Was it? I felt like the world was about to crash. This stuff daily. freaks me out, though. You know, like no. we're just constant. We're bombarded with so many more it's, advertisements than we ever have been yeah. before. Um, I was literally, as I was pulling up our like, you know, the menu for Real House Bowls, I got mm-hmm. an advertisement for the exact T-shirt that I'm currently wearing. Freaky. Literally. And I was like, did it know that I was wearing this t-shirt and was like, looks a little threadbare. Probably got a new one. Hide your camera. (laughs) Hide your kids. Hide your wife. Hide your camera. No, but we're being bombarded with so much more and we are being told to consume, consume, consume. And our lives have already been dominated by that. And, you know, even the um, business that you and I are in right now you know, is reliant on people consuming. You are watching. You You will buy. You will buy. The ghost is inside the machine. Can I tell you, though, I don't think this problem affects rural America as much. (laughs) Well, someone stand up for rural America. Nicole, you grew up in... Los Angeles, California. What part? You know what part. <laughs> what part? What if you're listening, you know what part. Everybody knows already. I talk about it too much anyways. But yeah. but I think this is... Why did we do this to ourselves? <laughs> what do you mean? I'm just upset. I'm just, I'm just upset that we've created such an insane way to consume food. Uh, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, no, 100%. And when I sort of talked about this like personal responsibility of only you can <laughs> remain guarded against this kind of stuff and teach sort of literacy yeah. to not be susceptible to marketing, um, we How? are we are all the problem, right? Yeah. And these things only exist because there is demand, right? The supply sure. is only going to follow the demand. Now, I think we are probably in for a bubble. And I think that is the most unique thing. Like the housing thing. bubble? Like the housing bubble. But God, do I not know about the housing <laughs> bubble? Like, oh my God. I've never even seen the big short. Like I've never I, been in a house. My brother tried to like have me like read a book about it and I just got Aww. so bored. But what I do know a little bit about is the entertainment industry. And we are mm-hmm. now in a very strange point in the entertainment industry where it is no longer the supply meeting the demand. Sure. And we're seeing this a lot with the strike right now, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's We're obsessed with this idea of permanent growth. And just yeah. getting out to as many people as possible, right? Like Netflix yeah. just loses billions of dollars. Spotify loses billions of dollars. Hell, Uber is the same way. But it's this new like VC-backed idea mm-hmm. that uh, Amazon is the perfect example of this, sure. is we are going to lose as much money as possible to create the biggest consumer base possible. And then once we have them all hooked on our product, we'll recoup it. We're going to flip it. Yeah, Uber yeah. is going to kill the entire taxi industry that has had rules and regulations and standards yeah. forever. Uber is going to kill that until they're no longer there. And all you can do is flip on your little app to get anywhere in the world, right? This podcast turned dark. It's dark, but no, no, this but is fun, content. Nicole. No, but the Real content. Housewives are putting chicken in a bowl. But really, you can eat it. I know, I know. It's, it's just it's just scary to me from someone like, like me and you started in the food world. And, yeah. you know, you know, simple start. But now that we're in it, it's insane mm-hmm. to see how it's grown. And I don't want it to grow anymore sometimes. I think we're going to see we're going to see the bubble burst, right? Because yeah. this is the same thing that's going to yeah. happen, right? There's going to be no demand for the real house bulls. God, I hope not. Who do you want to see have a ghost kitchen other than us? Uh, there's somebody that's coming out with one that I'm rooting for, Wiz Khalifa. He's also doing bowls, but it's because bowl, Nicole, is a feature in smoking marijuana. <laughs> and when you smoke marijuana, you often put it in a bowl. And Wiz Khalifa is famous for mm-hmm. his marijuana smoking. He had a song called Reefer Party. <laughs> you know, that was a uh, it was a remix of um, Grove Street Party. Never heard of either yeah. of those songs. It's a party, it's a party, it's a party. No? Mm-mm. Oh, my God. I'm not a big Wiz Khalifa Everybody kid, rolling papers, but... nobody smoking blunts? Uh, Come on, I'm, it's legal in California. Show. Wiz, is, Wiz Khalifa's is, a family guy. 
Um, I want to see more Barbie stuff. I, I was actually see. surprised that there wasn't more. What was there Barbie stuff I, in the I ghost kitchens that I missed? Because I'm I not on the. I, I haven't seen one, but imagine a Barbie ghost kitchen. I think it would have been perfect. I mean, that is one thing. Is that it? it one Barbie. I haven't seen it, but it generally you haven't seen Barbie. It generally right sickens there. me because it's this giant Mattel advertisement that's like masquerading as like feminist praxis, and it, it's just all very strange to me in the Josh, world that we live come in. Come on, you what do you can't mean? Come on, too, why are people? You like, can't be altruistic so much, and you can't. I'm not be like not a good person. So I'm just a person. I don't know. I just everything's an ad for everything now. Yeah, I know, and I know. it's just like super gross. We're so excited to introduce you to Great Jones. Great Jones makes high-quality, thoughtfully designed cookware that's so stunning, you won't want to put it away. From Dutch ovens to ceramic dishes to non-stick sheet pans, they've got you covered. Heck yeah, they do. Their products come in a variety of amazing colors, from classic black and white to pinks, greens, yellows, and blues. And the best part, Nicole... Everything's non-toxic. Josh, I've been in the market for a kettle for months. Yeah, I've heard I've, you talk about it a weird amount. Yeah, I've bought like a bunch, returned a bunch, but I just got my hands on the Great Jones Fellow Kettle collab, and I got it in the color broccoli, and I'm so excited to make artisanal teas and coffees. I'm trying to get on my coffee game right now, and I'm mm. so excited to use a gooseneck kettle. We have no idea. I'm excited to use their yellow hot dish, a.k.a. casserole dish. Shout out to Minnesota and Fargo, North Dakota. Uh, but right. I'm, I'm at that point in my life where I'm like, I'm an adult. I should have nice vessels to serve food out of instead of just serving it on like stainless steel restaurant style things. And I like it. It's cute. It's got a good design. Bakes really well. Holds heat. I'm in, baby. And once you try Great Jones, you'll want to share it with friends. They make stunning gifts that are actually useful. Weddings, housewarming parties, birthdays. It's the perfect gift for the foodie in your life. So upgrade your kitchen and replace those old rusted hand-me-downs with bold, beautiful, long-lasting pieces from Great Jones. Get started today at greatjones.com and get an extra 15% off your first order with promo code SANDWICH. That's greatjones.com, promo code SANDWICH. The reason I think the bubble's going to burst. What's up? We're seeing, like, one of the other factors in Ghost Kitchens is that you have these established brands that are sure. just changing their name and their branding yeah. to appear to be other things. Like, we talked about how Cheesecake Factory could do that. There's restaurants that, like, are doing that right now. So scary. Red Robin was one of the biggest ones that people were criticizing. They launched a thing called Chicken Sammies where they were like, we serve chicken sandwiches. Okay. People love that. We'll just put those on a separate menu with separate branding. They would mm -hmm. physically cut off their labels where it was going to say Red Robin. That's so funny. And just put that on stuff. Um, so many people have been doing this. Another famous one was Chuck E. Cheese as... <gasps> Oh my God, Pasquale's. I remember this. Pasquale's, that's Pasquale's right. Pasquale's Pizza. Um, so ridiculous. And uh, God, Denny's was doing a thing called like Crazy Melt. So yeah, I remember like, that. Like, burgers. I remember that. Um, but some of the numbers, I don't have the numbers for everybody, but some of the numbers coming out of it were like shockingly low. Like Bloomin' Brands, which is Outback Steakhouse, they launched like a wings concept and they did- And it failed? $330 of business in like two weeks. Shut like, it's, up. Because you're, but I mean, because every single restaurant that makes wings probably is doing the same thing, correct. right? And well, and how do you stand out? You like, don't how do stand you, out. You don't. It's not about standing out. I think it's I about think, blending in. I think it's about blending in, and I think it's about hey, if somebody wants to order this, good luck. Sure. We're number seven on the page or something, you know. But that's also like antithetical to what a restaurant used to be, right? Like so, Outback Steakhouse, for instance, yeah, right. They are now 
so sort of their brand equity has been watered down so much. They're chewy to the point where they're trying to hide it. They're a little chewy. They're like we spent yeah. years, we spent decades building the name of Outback Steakhouse to be vaunted in the customer base, and now we're trying to hide it to sling wings on the cheap on an app. Like it's it's really genuinely sad to it's me. Keeping up with the times, though. It is like, keeping like, up with I the times. Like, I think like you don't really have a choice. Oh no, you don't. Yeah. Well, well, you do have you a do. choice, but it's like, it's like, <laughs> you do have a choice. It's like, let go or be dragged. But of. like, I don't think a lot of places are actually making money off this. I think they're doing it's, it on speculation. Yeah. It's not about the right? money. It's about, it's about riding. It's about catching the wave. Correct. Yeah. I think and I think a lot of people trying to catch these waves so are going to crash and burn. You know what I mean? Like for every Mr. Beast burger out there that has 1700 locations. And again, it's to no risk of the, the, the influencer or yeah. whomever is doing this sure. because they're just signing a licensing deal. Right. Yeah. You pay to use our name and then we get whatever profits come. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so it's like the responsibility is almost being trickled down. Yeah, exactly. Like I said, trickling down. Yeah. And it's always going to fall on low-wage workers who are actually working these yeah. ghost kitchens who are losing jobs from real restaurants that are being shut down that probably care about their employees a little bit more. Sure. You know, and then they end up there. And then you end up eating a soggy fish sandwich that could have come from 15 other different restaurants. My question is, is there any actual, like, what, what's the name of the of the overarching restaurant again that's Which responsible one? for this? Uh, VDC, virtu- Virtual vir- Dining Concepts. Virtual Dining Concepts. Yeah, yeah. Do they have, like, a QC thing where somebody goes and, like, teaches them, like, teaches the mom-pop shops how to make these? Or do they just print out... A, like a recipe book and say, learn this. I'm sure. I mean, I'm sure they do have quality control protocols in mind. I'm sure they have terms of agreement. I'm sure they have contracts that all these restaurants yeah. find. But when you're spreading so, so, so thin. Yeah, it's like impossible. Right. I mean, that was the one of the problems with like Uber, right? Is sure. you just had no way to control it. So sort of decentralized and spread out spread because out, it's yeah. about numbers, numbers, numbers uh, that you just couldn't control the quality on all this. And you had all these problems. That said, is it like any worse than the cab industry i don't actually know i mean i don't I, work in the cab industry we work in the food we're industry, in the food you know industry. i think i think we're trying to i think we're trying to understand it by seeing other industries because it's just yeah. so new to us that we have no idea what this is going to look like and that's the scary thing about ghost kitchens like what is it going to look like in 10 years what do you think it is going to look like in 10 years can, can go back what do from, i want go back to happen ten, or what do i think is gonna happen real quick as an exercise go back to 2013 do you remember when, what was Nicole doing? She's like working at Lush was Cosmetics. That ten, was that 10 years ago? 10 years ago, yeah. I was in culinary school. You were in culinary school? I was in culinary what, school. What was happening in restaurants then that people were like, <laughs> this is going to be the future? Oh my gosh. What was happening in 2013? It was all the burger joints were like popping up. Yeah. Oh my God. Like very gastro pubby, yeah, like, like fancy umami burger was at the, the height. Oh, oh I yeah. miss umami burger. Umami burger, <laughs> so plan check, all of these little burger like concepts were like popping up here and there. Yeah. It yeah. was off that. But like, so were people saying like, the future isn't in fine dining. It's in creating comfort foods like yes. a burger that's and really like innovating good. And innovating within that, the line, the confines of a burger, I remember. Yeah, yeah. It was big. But yeah. th- that's kind of like a reframing, right? Because yeah. before that, who was like, people weren't like, who's going to pay $30 for a burger? And now it's a very normal thing. Almost every restaurant now has to have a burger on the menu. That's true. Every, even like upper, upper class dining places. hundred yeah, percent. Uh, yeah. Thinking about Petit, Petit Trois, lovely petit trois. upscale French bistro from Michelin star Pinocchi chef. and the bird. Oh my yeah, God. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a $40 burger after tax and tip on their menu For with foie gras bordelaise. Yeah. It's so good. Oh, <laughs> sloppy. Um, in 2013, I remember I would have been like freelancing, writing about restaurants mm-hmm. at the time. Yeah, what were you noticing? And there was this sort of 
almost anxiety. So this would have been like 2015. Okay. Where we were talking about Los Angeles Magazine's top 10 best new restaurants in L.A. And Howlin' Ray's had just opened their brick and mortar. Oh, no And this way. is before they had like super exploded into having four-hour lines. Great hot chicken restaurant in Los Angeles by Chef Johnny Ray's So own. good. Fantastic. Um, but they had just opened. And before they had four-hour lines... And I was talking with our head food critic, Patrick Q, who's been on the show. Check out his episode where we <laughs> judge our, our three-course fine dining meal. Um, but I was like, we have to put Helen Ray's on the list sure. or we're going to look behind the times. And he okay. straight up goes, it's not a restaurant. And I'm like, how do you mean? He's like, you can't sit down there. He's like, there's four stools, but they're trying to shuffle people out all the time. People are just spilling into the streets, eating their chicken sandwiches. It's not a restaurant. A restaurant is something that has hospitality. It has service. Huh. How can we judge it? And then I was like, well, times are changing, right? It's more expensive than ever to open a restaurant. More restaurants are failing than ever. Uh, Already you know, been a pretty sh- pretty crap industry anyways. I almost said that. Sorry. No, 100%. <laughs> and it's only yeah. getting harder. And yeah. so I was like, I don't think we can fault great chefs like Johnny Rayzone, mm-hmm. who worked for Gordon Ramsay and Thomas Keller yeah. and ran French restaurants in LA to open a concept serving great innovative food in a tiny space that doesn't have these trappings of what you thought a restaurant was, right? Sure. And this is when pop-ups were becoming a thing. And restaurants were just, you know, uh, hey, we're one day a week at this wine bar, but we have our own branding and stuff. And this maybe was we'll be during 2015 food, times? food trucks as well, sure. right? It's the explosion oh my of gosh, remember food trucks? This stuff is all new. I mean, food trucks have been around for forever, but, but like the explosion. The brand of yeah, food trucks yeah, was yeah. a huge explosion. <gasps> and that's a paradigm shift. And so looking back then, thinking, what's the future in 10 years? Wait, quick aside about Patrick Q. After this, uh, we kind of got in a little row, a little fight. And I'll never forget. He goes, does wine service mean nothing to you? And slams the door and left. And that was hilarious. But point is, 10 years ago, we had this like, oh, restaurants are shifting to being more nomadic, to being food trucks, pop-ups, these tiny holes in the wall. Yeah. They're still serving great food. Joints. Joints. It's a joint. And then now 10 years later, we're in like the dystopian hellscape of what we created by not having that sort of respect for restaurants. Oh. And now ghost kitchens are the, just the logical endpoint. And so there's probably another logical endpoint. So this is our fault. This is our fault. <laughs> we did it, Nicole. We did this. <laughs> we did this, you know? Are we just like old? Is this what it is? Is this us aging? Oh, yeah. I'm sorry about all this. This is just two old people complaining that the world's changing around us and we I don't think, understand it. I think that's what this whole podcast yeah, is. Yeah, yeah. Which is totally fine. Uh, But no, a lot of this comes, for me at least, from like a genuine love of restaurants and a real care for the industry. And I don't want to see it get diluted in the same way that you ever hear Snoop Dogg talk about Spotify? He sure doesn't like it. No, I haven't. Snoop Dogg had this great thing where he was like, when I used to sell albums, CDs, Mm -hmm. uh, we sold a million records at $9 a pop. That's $9 million. I know I get 20%. That's, you know, roughly $2 million for me. Mm -hmm. He's like, now on Spotify... You just put a song up there and it gets 9 billion plays and nobody tells you how much money it's making and they're Mm. taking all their cuts off the top and you're only paying $12 for a month of unlimited music to get every song in the world, Nicole. You got to pay $12 a month. I can listen to Beethoven right now if I want to. You just have to pay like $12 for a single CD. It's so nuts. It's nuts and it's cool that I can listen to anything and I've found so much good music from there that I never would have before, but we've also diluted the product and how much we care about it. When a restaurant is now just a thumbnail of a logo on an app that you don't care about that you're ordering when you're sat on the couch because you don't want to leave, right? We've watered down the concept of what a restaurant is and all the hard work of all these people that have created great brands and people that treat their employees well and give a crap. You know what I mean? I think we've kind of erased a lot of that. And I'm like hoping that this bubble bursts 
you know, that we sort of can get back to that. I'm hoping people who are spending more money on restaurants than ever can actually walk into a damn restaurant and eat the bowl of fuzz it was meant to be served and not in, you know, plastic deli containers. I, I yearn for that era. That was Mythical like- Kitchen Ghost Kitchen. <laughs> Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Nicole. Did you fall asleep? No, I was looking at drag queens on YouTube. <laughs> I love. You... I was looking at Willem. I don't know who that is. <laughs> That's a problem. We've heard what you and I have to say. Now it's time to find out what are the wacky idiots are rattling out there in the universe. It's time for a segment we call Opinions, Opinions Are Like, like Casseroles. I want to feel she like she ate that, honey. I want um, to feel like Julie Andrews. <laughs> Why? I don't know. She's magical. I guess so. She's still alive. Yeah. Good for her, man. Hey, before we get to your opinions like casseroles, we're gonna check in on the poll we posted to our Spotify page. If you go to that, you can vote in the polls <laughs> as well, which would be super cool. Uh, but we posted from a couple weeks ago, Pho versus Ramen to see what the people think, Nicole. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we got up to 694 votes. Wow, <laughs> no way. Yeah, yeah. 67% said Ramen, 33% said Pho. Am which... I supposed to be dancing during this? Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. This is the pole dance portion. Nicole, you got to do your pole dance. Yeah. Oh. Ooh. What? Ah, I'm e. dancing. I'm also Ooh, dancing with my ah, mouth, e. so you can Ooh, hear it on ah, the audio-only e. version. Yeah, shout out to our audio-only listeners. We um, love you, audio-only listeners. <laughs> Anyways, people prefer Rama to FUD about a two-to-one clip, which is roughly expected, right? It's expected, it's expected. but not honored. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I'm totally kidding. Uh, I had ramen okay. last night. Did you really? Where? From a ghost kitchen. No, just go I to a ramen place up. that you like, Nicole. There's so many like independently owned ramen restaurants that you enjoy. I was having you go a, through a ghost kitchen. That money's going to virtual know, That money's going to the ghost kitchen. I the need you to know that I went to like four different grocery stores after work and I was 
dying on the inside. And I said, David, get ramen. And then it was going to be $65. And I said, don't get ramen. So I found a random spot that literally had three reviews. <laughs> Sat my ass down and had ramen for $20. And oh I got him God. an extra one too. So what, was, what restaurants do you order delivery from the most? I, I really don't do that much yeah. delivery. I, I don't either because I, I don't. it's so expensive. I cook at, it's, so expensive. it's too expensive. And listen, I spend money, but spending too much money on food, I can't do. I grocery shop. Yeah, no, uh, spending, I feel like anytime I get dinner delivered for Julie and I, just somehow ends up being like $80 plus. Yeah, I don't, like, I can't, I can't. That's like five days of groceries. We also spend a lot of money on groceries because I like cooking Yeah, nice also we, I go out to eat a lot, but. I, yeah, but yeah. I mean, I, I would much rather do that than you miss all the service charges, you know what I mean? Yep, yep. But there's only like three things I get delivered. It is Dan Modern Chinese. We Which have is good delivery. I've had that once. Chinese food is great delivery. Yeah. Um, I get Torange, my favorite, my new favorite Persian <laughs> spot, by the way. Torange does great work. They're juicy chicken. They do great work. We get like kebab, shirazi salad, rice, hummus, kashki badamjun, you know, I have that. And then um, uh, Thai food from oh, great. Sri Siam. But I they're, get, they're all things that Thai deliver well. From Hot Thai. From where? Hot Thai. Hot Thai. It's the best Thai food place because it's close to our house. Hey, and the listen. best the best Thai food is the one that's closest to your house. Please don't Google it and find out where I live. <laughs> I just said uh, Shoe Siam does great work. I think with without Shoe Siam, I don't know if uh, Night Market could have done what they did. Shout out to LA restaurant references. We see you out there. Uh, let's get to our first opinion. Oh yeah, this is the opinion part. We should talk to I know. I know. I just wanted to talk to you. Well, because I hate delivery food. Most of it's bad. Eddie Burback in that video getting fish sandwiches delivered. If you, if you were getting a get. fish sandwich delivered, a fried fish sandwich you delivered, you got to reevaluate your person. choices. Oh my god, this okay. should be in the podcast. Be, I know it should have been in the podcast. This is the podcast, Nicole. This is still the podcast. No, it's a different section. And all these places tried to like, oh, we invented a new <laughs> box to keep your fish sandwich fresh and crispy. No, you didn't. You put holes in a box. You put holes in a box. <laughs> okay, holes let's get in to that box, first video. Sugarfish. Sushi. I get sushi delivered. They deliver. You get sushi. That's insane. I get sushi that's crazy. picked up. I get sushi picked up. I Literally pick the best way to use sushi is right out of the sushi chef's hands. And you're just Do you putting know it in a Corolla. Who I'm married to? They're putting it in a Corolla and driving it half an hour yeah, to so you. Yeah, so what if it's in a Corolla? You got probably get no, your Corolla. No, Corolla's a good car. It was the top selling model in America for the a long time. The car's Japanese. Oh, so fair sushi. Oh, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, here we go. Okay. No, now I get it. <laughs> I only get my schnitzel <laughs> delivered in Volkswagen. <laughs> uh, you want duck a l'orange? Peugeot better pull up. Deep cut. You want sundubuchige? That better be a Hyundai. That better be a Hyundai coming up with your sundubuchige. Hi, this is Luke from Northfield, Minnesota. Absolutely love you guys and your podcast. Listen to every single episode. And I've called in a couple of times with opinions. But I'm going to call in for advice. Because now I'm a drag queen. Hey, Mazel! Kind of probably for Nicole, just because I've <laughs> never seen Josh wearing makeup. I don't know, maybe he has a little foundation or something. But what is something uh, or things that are good to eat if I have a full face of makeup and I don't want to, like, smudge myself? Like something small that just goes in my mouth and is in not intrusive, you know? Because, you know, if I have a bunch of makeup on, I don't want... A chili dog or dream. a BLT or something like that. Like I don't want to do my makeup again. I don't want to mess it mess it up. You know, if I'm if I'm drinking something, then you know you just have a little straw and have a little something. But mm. if I'm in drag for hours, then I need something that I can eat that isn't intrusive to my face. So uh, yeah, let me know. 
very important. I'm going to keep a uh, drag queen alive if you uh, let me know. Let me know. Come on. Come on. Let me know. Come on. Okay. I've never heard of an opinion that needs to be answered by me before more than this. This is incredible. First of all, I, I was just watching drag queens. <laughs> literally. Literally. And um, so is there a water bottle around? Is there a water bottle you can just like throw at me really quick? Okay. What are you about to do? I'm going to give you an example of what I do because with drinking, you can have a straw, yeah. But what I do is I literally put. Everybody makes fun of me about how I drink water. I put I I drink water like this. What the hell? You've been doing that for like the four years that I've known you. Yeah, I don't put my lips in the water. I put I wrap my lips around the top. I'm <laughs> and I go like this. I feel like I'm watching something I shouldn't be. <laughs> I drink my water with my lips wrapped around the top because I don't want my lips to get screwed up. Yeah, let's get this. So go. it's very important. Whenever you're drinking out of a bottle, if you don't have a straw handy, just wrap your lips over it. And then for foods, little foods, okay? The best thing to do, like, for example, uh, get a chicken cutlet and cut it into little pieces and then eat it individually like this. Yes. And then like things like sushi, like little bites are good. Anything that you can cut into little pieces, sandwiches, never, soup, <laughs> never, noodles, better not. What about soup with a straw? No. Mm. Um, I re uh, whenever I have a full face of makeup on, like whenever I'm like, I'm trying to think of like when I'm sitting in a chair, getting myself ready and having food on the side, which I don't typically do because I don't eat in my room. But like whenever I'm getting my makeup done, I normally have like... Yeah, like like a salad is also really great too, but I like to get chopped salads because they're chopped super fine and I can use a spoon to shovel it in instead of a fork. Oh, also, Shirazi salad is a great one too. I concur. <laughs> this is the best opinion of all time. And you helped out a drag queen. I love that. That's great. Yay. Hi, Josh and Nicole. This is Katie from Iowa. Hey, Katie. Um, my unpopular food opinion is that I have always dunked my salmon in ranch dressing. Yes. I know that's a very Midwest opinion and yes. my boyfriend Whoa. judges me hardcore. Um, my defense is that I am a medical student and I know mm -hmm. that salmon is really good for you. And Definitely. so I try to make it more palatable because I don't really like the taste of salmon. So yeah. I okay. dunk it in something I like. Uh -huh. Please don't judge me too hard. I love the pod. Thanks, you guys. I don't understand the medical student defense. <laughs> I don't understand the medical well, student defense. Well, because it's full of omega-3s and fatty acids. How read does that book. defend ranch? Read a book. <laughs> is ranch the only way to make it palatable? But no, you shouldn't need a defense. Uh, but if you did, there's a culinary defense. Okay, what's the culinary defense? People would put tartar sauce on salmon, right? Okay, fair. That's what it was made for. It's just acid, it's mayonnaise, you know, yeah. it's herbs, whatever. What is ranch if not tartar sauce sans cornichon? <sighs> Nicole, that's what I'm saying. Ranch is just uh, it's a delightfully flavored aioli with yeah. other things in it. It's, it's okay. I imagine what I would do is I would make a salad and put the salmon on top and then drown it in ranch. Or I would, could take ranch powder. Like Why do you have to hide? Why do you have to hide your ranch? You want the ranch on the know. salmon? You have to hide it I in a salad? Know. No, you don't have to hide anymore, Nicole. You're safe here. I you was saying on your ranch, ranch powder on the salmon. Cook it with ranch powder. I'm sure it's really dank. It's probably really dank. It's probably really dank. It's probably really dank. Dairy and fish. There's nothing wrong with it. So many. I grew up eating creamed herring. That's disgusting. What, Nicole? My culture is not your costume. <laughs> we eat creamed herring. I'm We're literally wearing a high necklace. Get out of my face. <laughs> hey guys, this is uh, Ray from Southern New Jersey, and yes. um, I, I was watching one of your shows, and I thought about something. 
uh, how food can be great when it comes to bringing back memories, mm-hmm. especially smells. Uh-huh. Uh, mine is my mother would boil cabbage from my father and I would Aww. come home from school and the smell would hit me in the nose and I would absolutely hate it. Oh. And to this day, I hate boiled cabbage. Fine. Do either of you have m- food memories that just take you to a negative place? Oh. I'm just curious. Um, keep up what you're doing. Love the show. And God bless, guys. That's interesting, though. Food yeah. smells associated with negative memories. Mm-hmm. I have, like, really weird ones. I have one that's kind of, it's not a smell, but it's a, taste what's the taste it's those candies those those strawberry candies that like grandmas have yeah 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 Yeah, i don't like those what does that take you back to i don't know i think you have a mean grandma huh you have a mean grandma i did have a mean grandma yeah Yeah, she was a teacher she's actually a first grade teacher for david's parent he was she was david's mom's first grade teacher in in Iran. Oh my god. Yeah, she taught a lot of kids. That's incredible. She, yeah, yeah. I had a mean grandma and every time I see those candies and I see them I'm like mean grandma. That's funny. I am yeah. um, mine is the smell of fresh basil huh. that I hate. It, no, it's really bizarre because uh, when I first started cooking, we lived right next to a Trader Joe's and I was a total latchkey kid, right? Mm-hmm. My brother was out hanging out with his high school friends. Dad was working like 14-hour days, stuff like that. And so he would just like give me a 20 and I'd go buy ingredients in Trader Joe's and they would always sell these giant clamshells of fresh basil. Mm-hmm. And I was like watching Food Network at the time, like uh, f- green things on food make it fancy. Sure. And so I'd always buy a thing of fresh basil and i put it on everything. That fresh basil taste just infected every single thing that I made. And it was a very strange and lonely time in my life where I was trying mm-hmm. to figure out what it meant to be a person. And now when I smell fresh, got to be Genovese Italian basil, Thai basil doesn't trigger the memory, but Italian basil does. Okay. I get weirdly sad. Do you use any Genovese basil? Almost never. Almost never. Almost never. I like don't like the taste of it now. Yeah, when you were doing that chicken parm episode, you were very sullen. Yeah. You were quite sullen on the inside. I'm a sullen man. I'm a... No, you're not. Men are overly emotional. That's why we can never be president. (laughs) I was just talking about... <laughs> How we called it Hillary Killery. <laughs> Literally this morning. <laughs> uh, what a strange times we all live in. May you uh, live in interesting times. Next opinion, please. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Josh. Hi. This is Will. I'm from Kentucky. Hey, I'm Will. an assistant manager at a McAllister's Deli. Congrats. Cool. Um, and my opinion is that avocado belongs on French dips. Think about it. Avocado needs <laughs> salt. <laughs> Everybody knows that you can put like mm-hmm. soy sauce on avocado and it's really good. And That's the au jus on a French dip is essentially just like watered down soy sauce in beef juice. <clears throat> it's delicious. You have to try it. Avocado on your next French dip. Thank you. Love you guys. This is interesting. I eat a lot of French dip sandwiches. I would say the restaurant that I frequented most in my life is probably Philippe's. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I've that's been there great. like... It's the one place I can say I've been there more than 10 times. Yeah, yeah. And the thought of asking those lovely ladies <laughs> in their cute uniforms and their little deli hats, please put avocado on my on my French dip sandwich. I think they would have a conniption. Oh, yeah. But if I could bring an avocado to the restaurant and eat it outside, 
It could work. It could work. I don't like it, but it can work. I think this is a deceptively good opinion. It is. In terms of like what a French dip needs, right? Because sure. you, you already have like the meat. Uh, do you get cheese on your French dip? I, I do. I generally don't for okay. some reason. I've never been that big of a, a cheese American. Guy. You get American? Yeah, it's the oh, best one. Is this supposed to be Swiss on a French dip? I was going to say, I also sometimes get Swiss. If it's a, it's, if it's lamb dip, I get Swiss. If it's beef dip, <laughs> I get American. That's so funny. But like when you add <laughs> avocado to a sandwich, right, it's adding it's adding fattiness, it's adding creaminess, yeah. and it's kind of like this bland, almost refreshing fatty creamy layer that, like you said, takes really well to salt. Yeah. Of course, I always associate avocado with Mexican food. Sure. Um, so a, a torta ahogada, which is a, a Mexican version of a French, French dip, dip, effectively, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a, yeah. It's a soaked sandwich. But that has spice to it, but you don't inherently need spice for avocado to be good, mm-hmm. no. you know? But I'm wondering if you do need acid, because that's the thing that a French dip is missing. Do you do you need spice in a in a French dip? No, but I'm saying does avocado need acid to set it off? Does it need, I mean, it's... It doesn't need, I mean, nothing needs anything, but... Because you're getting like umami from the beef and salt from the au jus. Um, oh, there's, there's spicy mustard on the side. Not always, though. At Philippe's, you're talking about one specific restaurant but that I did like invent that. the French dip, allegedly, in Los but Angeles. I like it. <laughs> oh, Lowell, well, that mustard is atomic. It's so good. I really want to try this. The The closest equivalent I can sort of think, think to, like, avocado in that sort of sandwich deli context is, like, when there's fat, fresh mozzarella. And the fresh mozzarella that's, like, not very salty. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? It kind of yeah. adds the same thing as avocado. No, it doesn't. For I, me, it doesn't. I always add avocado to my deli sandwiches. Especially which is when weird. Have... Yeah, because you do that to your Uncle Polly's sandwich. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do um, that. But, like, y- that one has a big wedge of fresh mozzarella. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, That's weird to me. Those so are substitutes to me. Really? No. Uh, <laughs> mayonnaise is a substitute good for, good for avocado. No, only if it's avocado spread. If it's an avocado spread, but if it's whole avocado. You know what happens with an avocado when you mash it? What? It's spreadable. You don't have to mash it. You put slices on it. It's what? a different experience. It's like saying Shut relish up. versus pickles. It's like relish versus Shut pickles. up. No way. Why Avo- are we fighting? Avocado. Why are we okay, fighting? Hold on. Hold the phone. You mean to tell me that relish and pickles is the same as sliced avocado and regular avocado? I'm saying relish is to factor? pickles as mashed avocado is to sliced no avocado. No way in heck. Of course it is. No way. It's just a broken down version of that ingredient me? that creates a different experience. Yes, it is, but you can't say you can't you can't compare the two because of the texture and the crunch of a pickle and the texture and the crunch of an avocado is non-existent. There's a, no, there's a different. It it's not texture and crunch, but mouth. there's a bite. It turns if into it is a ripe mouth. avocado that is sliced, there is a bite to it that would go really well you're, with the French dip. I'm talking to Will from Kentucky. Not, I'm not talking to you anymore. Will, yeah, you great, are. Will, yeah, you great are. idea. Right you want to host a podcast, Will? Will, come on, fly out to LA, fly out Nicole. You want to work at a deli? You want to be the assistant manager of a deli? You might have to work your way up from dishwasher. Why not? Why not? You do good at work for a deli. You do good for Will now. Anyways, we spent more like beef, double beef. Okay. And thanks so much for listening to <laughs> Doug is a Sandwich. <laughs> if you want to hear more from us, we got new audio-only episodes every Wednesday. Video comes out on Sunday over on the Mythical Kitchen channel. If you want to be a feature... <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, worked up from that little if you want some show. If you want to be featured on Opinions or Casseroles, you can hit us up at 833-DOG-POD-1. Our number again is 833-DOG-POD-1. Yeah, for more Mythical Kitchen, check us out. We got videos. Every we got week, videos every week. We'll see you next. Time. Sometimes there's a week where we don't do a video, but that's that's pretty rare. Very rare. We plan it to give ourselves nice little treats, like a little break, like, like sleep ooh. and spending time with our like, loved ooh, ones. This video. Ooh. I went to Cabo. Yeah, and that's that, uh, I went to South Jersey. Yeah. I we didn't um, talk about the South Jersey man's accent. <laughs> <laughs>